Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Mark, and you can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And today we're going to be talking about minute number 28 of Zack Snyder's Justice League, which is going to start with this boom tube activating in this cage that the uh, the Amazons are guarding the mother box. And then the minutes are going to end with Steppenwolf giving his, uh, his best interpretation of, uh, hello, fellow Earthlings, uh, we come in peace. Uh, and it, in fact, he, he does not come in peace. Um, I, real quick, I, that, that's a concept that I did not even think about. That is an alien showing yeah. up being like, hey, welcome to Earth. <laughs> Didn't even think about it. But, you know, jump. A There's few years a, later, we got we got one alien showing up to Earth and saying, "Hey, I do come in peace." You know, I think what's yeah, and and doing this minute by minute, I think there's a lot going on in this introduction to Steppenwolf because like this is supposed to be this is the villain, this is the guy. You know, we were talking about the black clad terrorist. Now we're talking about the main villain of the movie, and this now is he's the here. Guy. And so when I was looking at this minute over and over again. I started to see a lot of things that I tried to think of, like if I was in Zach's shoes, what was he trying, what was he influenced by as being like, oh, well, it's, it's my bad guy that I'm introducing. We saw some stuff with General Zod and some things with Doomsday and we, we, we referenced um, like the birth of the Urukai in Lord of the Rings and then with General Zod, you know, he's, he does like a whole, a whole like the, the moment when they launched the world engine and the black zero event onto earth it has like this independence day like influence to it so there's always like these cinematic parallels that because zach is such a huge fan of this visual grandness in in cinema that it's always like oh yeah this reminds me of that this reminds me of this so i'm looking at this going what what can i pull that might influence you know how you introduce steppenwolf which we'll get to um but real quick, I just want to talk a little bit about a few things that I noticed just with the Amazons before we get into Steppenwolf. And the first thing I wanted to bring up, just so we don't skip over it, is the pedestal that has the mother box on it. Um, I noticed that the pedestal has like this diagonal cut in it, in the design of it. And this is something we talked about with the armor that all the Amazons had, which is they all want to be influenced by the design for Wonder Woman's costume. So you see a lot of these diagonal cuts that resemble the W, like the the, the letter. And mm. so the diagonal cut in the pedestal is also that Wonder Woman motif of everything having that W like imprinted into it. So I thought that was really cool. And then the other cool thing was, so the mother box has the boom tube activated on it. And then it pans up and it shows like the window, which also looks like a mother box, which seems like a coincidence. It seems like, oh, I don't know if that was placed like that to invoke where the boom tube should happen, but it is poetic that it's a boom tube and it's going through that glass window that also looks like the mother box. I don't know if he needs like the open area to boom tube into, or no. he can just boom tube into a closed room. Yeah, he did it. He did. He boom tube boom tubed under gotham harbor he, he got out of there yeah that's true right so he doesn't he need boom an open tubed space. underwater well what if the underwater i mean that's is that a solid 
closed area? I don't no, know. What the- but we're if we're like thinking about like, I think we get confused when we want to reel it into um, Nightcrawler type of teleportation. Oh yeah, like you know the mindset of like if yeah. you don't see where you're going, you don't know where you're going, which is a great teleportation concept. Let me add. Yeah. Um, but no, the boom tube is just a doorway. It's just yeah, it's a doorway to anywhere. I mean, yeah. I thought Young Justice did a pretty cool, cool job of doing the Zeta tubes, where it was like you have to be at that point, you have oh, to be at yeah, this point. Yeah, yeah. yeah you Zeta can't just tubes. go willy nilly. But then you have Cyborg, where he can open up boom tubes anywhere he wants, mm-hmm. and that's awesome. Yeah, I really like the sky beam that happens here, and like you get a lot of cool shots of the sky beam, the boom tube. Well, it's a boom tube, but I call it a sky beam because, like, looking at it as a movie. We saw this with the Black Zero event as well. And, and Suicide it's always, Squad. Uh, yeah, actually. We actually were talking about sky beams in Suicide Squad. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the engine that... Well, te- yeah, that was supposed to be a boom tube in Suicide Squad. Are you serious? Like a yeah. constantly open boom tube that's just like they're just pouring out? Well, in the original concept of Suicide Squad, Enchantress had a mother box that she was going to bring steppenwolf in Mm -hmm. using the boom tube and so she made the boom tube and and it brought steppenwolf down and then that goes okay now we're setting up for justice league but then they said nah don't do that so like by that logic enchantress would have been the character a la loki in avengers yes yeah yeah, it's very were... fitting, especially like with with the character that is based off of human mythology, is going to be the one that already has boots on the ground on the planet. And it's like, yeah, 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 I've been here. I know this place. Oh, you just you give me a call on the cell phone. Yeah, yeah, come roll by. It's stuff like roll that. That by? it's like I thought you wanted a cinematic universe. Like I thought you wanted to catch up to the MCU. That's always a criticism people say. It's like. DC's just trying to catch up to the MCU. Apparently not, because Warner Brothers would shoot down anything that was world building into any sort of cinematic universe. It seemed like they just wanted quick storytelling, a, a quick billion dollars for nothing. It's exactly, and exactly. It like, it's just I don't how know do we what make you the most want. money in this weekend. Yeah, and how do we make this movie fun how do we and catch up to the MCU, but not do anything? It's like, oh, we can. You know, connect Suicide Squad to Justice League. Don't do that. Well, you know, we could put Dark Side in Justice League. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, don't do, do anything. Don't do that. Just don't do anything. Just tell them, hey, you know, we put out a Justice League movie. Just give us a billion dollars, please. But no, you didn't earn it. You didn't. What? You didn't want any of it. Don't put Green Lantern in Justice League. You're not allowed to. What do you want? <laughs> you know, it's very silly stuff. But yeah, uh, she would have. Uh, yeah, that's why exactly why her change machine looks like uh, uh, boom tube because it was supposed to be, and um, it's really cool to see those things when they shoot it in a in a particular shot where it's in the distance and you see people reacting to like this beam coming from the sky. Yeah, uh, we don't really get to see it in the rest of the film like that. It's usually just like a very close Front shot. And center. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It's pretty cool to see the wide shot of it, but, uh, you know, I never even thought about... You just used the term change machine in reference to Enchantress's uh, contraption, and that's exactly what that thing was. Yeah, it, it was. was. just, like, not, like, operating at, like, 100% change machine, you know? It's just, yeah. like, here's just, like, crude oil change machine, and then throw in a human body, and 
you get out some weird mechanical uh, Power Ranger putty monster. Eye of the adversary. <laughs> the eyes of the adversary. Yeah, that's correct. Um, um, but and like, that's cool. Using, that, yeah. I, I didn't no. I didn't even pay attention to it actually being a change machine. And if they would have called it that in that movie, that name would have like traveled through everything and people would be referencing them as change machines as well as boom to or mother boxes. It's yeah. like, yes, it's a mother box. Well, what is a mother box? It's a change machine. No shit. Yeah, it, it's the same. We saw it, it change things two years ago. And the Eyes of the Adversary would have been parademons. Like, you would have had Suicide Squad, which is, like, C-level villains and stuff. Like, just not... I mean, yes, some of them are metahumans, but they're no Justice League. So you would have this very unequipped team fighting parademons. So it would have been... It would have given them much more of a challenge. That being said... The parademons in this movie are no joke, really. Some of these parademons deserve a promotion, which is, we'll get to them later. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's always really cool to see that. The the Themyscirans the that are working like in the stables here, when they notice the uh, boom tube happen, uh, this, this is something we brought about in Wonder Woman Minute when we're talking about it. But I'm not sure if, if, Everyone here is Themyscirin. Yes, they're of Themyscirin. Are they all Amazons? Are they all equipped? Is this like, are they all, do they all go through training? I mean, obviously this is a different uh, royal guard that has to protect the cage all the time. Like they, they, they guard this mother box for thousands of years. But people who work here, like in the stables, they tend to the horses. They probably do landscaping. Obviously, Diana had a teacher in the last in in her origin movie like are they all equipped to fight i would assume they're all trained some basic combat but amazons i'm not sure if they're i'm not sure if all themiscarians are amazons cuz some amazons are amazon warriors that's like, yeah. i think the the defining fact yeah like are they all going through the same rigorous training that Uboa and and Vanelia and Philippus and, and Teope are are they all trained the same? Whereas these people, they work in stables, but they have basic training. And if they're called to, you know, in case a certain big bad alien shows up, then they're like, all right, gather the legions. Yeah. Now I was you're gonna just say, like, all right, I got to like put on something and, and yeah, head yeah, on yeah. Out like there. these might be like one of those horse legion people. And yeah. they could just run to a closet or a wardrobe and get armor on and, and, and go. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. That's a very good question. Um, I wish uh, we had. I wish we could. <laughs> I wish they would like define, like show us, uh, show us the world of Themyscira without you know. Show us your clock really involving. Uh, well, that's why this is so good because you have that right. Because uh, this is the other thing that is um, annoying, where it's like, oh, we don't want to show too much Themyscira if Wonder Woman's not involved. It's like, well, sometimes you don't need to have a spotlight on wonder woman we can and you know we're we're thankful to have this scene in this movie because um you know we get to enjoy the mascara without you know having a reason of wonder woman being there just to just to show it um and it's nice that we have there it's nice that the the main protagonist here is queen hippolyta and it's not like wonder woman had to come back 
and help defend the Mascara against Steppenwolf just for us to be here. So it's mm-hmm. really nice to have that. Um, one of the other cool, interesting things that I saw in that scene with the the stable workers is um, one of them, the one on the left at least, has like that Amazon like brazier where it's like normally Amazons were known to only have like one breast so that they could easily like draw and knock their arrows without hindrance. Uh, so apparently like Amazons would cut off one breast to aid them and they would just, you know, it would be like that. So that Brazier and I believe some of the Amazons in Wonder Woman 2017 also have armor that invokes that same kind of the training armor as well, even in 1984. Um, yeah, where Gal Gadot you was one. Re- yeah, she was releasing a lot of the uh, the photos of just the Amazon uh, athletes, Olympiads, whatever you want to call them, probably mm-hmm. Olympiads. Um, and most of their armor was, um, you know, it just had the, the uh, yeah, it had it had it was cut down the middle. I don't know, breastplate, chestplate. Um, that's yeah. really cool. I didn't know that. I feel like that was talked about in Wonder Woman. Maybe we touched upon it. Um, but nice. It was yeah. one of uh, it was one of like uh, Gal Gadot's like uh, retorts too, where people were like, "Oh, she's not, she's not, uh, she, she just, you know, she's not big enough, she's not thick enough, kind of thing." And Gal Gadot was like, "Well, you know, I mean, uh, Amazon's really just had one breast, so if I was being." completely accurate i would i would just have one right <laughs> when you say they're not big enough were people complaining about her bust yeah get the fuck but you know that's just that's just angry nerds on the internet and that's just talk show hosts bringing up like oh you get any criticism for being casted and it's just like yeah maybe just my size and it's like all right it's silly wow but she she used that well to just bring up the fact well if i was being truly accurate i would just have one breast for uh, to be Amazon accurate, mm-hmm. which is good, which is, uh, is very funny. Um, but yeah, so let's let's cut back to the cage. This is where all the Amazons are. You know, they got knocked back. You get all the Amazons getting right back up to defend what's going on here. Um, really, I really do enjoy the shot of Queen Hippolyta like pushing through the two shields. It's just yeah. that's an iconic shot. That's that's some three hundred like goodness right there that really is it really really looks great um my one of my favorite moments of this movie happens uh in this minute and it is as the amazons are picking themselves back up and taking aim again at the uh the mother box with the activated boom tube and it is here where we see an archer um stand up and then an archer in the foreground kind of knock her arrow uh back and it does this handheld tracking shot of let me zoom in to this Amazon's face, arrow, knocked on the bow, and then shows you what she's aiming at. And it is just, I remember watching it the first night sitting on our couch, and I saw that, and I was just like, oh, wow, I really like that. Like, Yeah, yeah, <laughs> It yeah. just, it always reminds me of the, I was, we've talked about it before, I'm a big fan of those handheld shots in Man of Steel, and we've talked about how sometimes they don't help anything to the movie or to the storytelling or anything to the perspective of what is supposed to be shown on screen but let me tell you this shot right here of of the handheld camera and 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 following the path of the arrow that's it that's like a great like eyesight eyeline 
Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. when you were in your art class and your art one and they taught you how to write lines and you had to draw them straight and then they had to, to meet something where your eyes are supposed to... That's what I'm feeling right here. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, moments like these where you see like, oh, let's focus on a individual Amazon warrior that you don't know and show what she's looking at. It's stuff like that where that that itself is storytelling. Like you can tell a story just by doing that one shot like this Amazon getting ready, looking at that mother box. And what's unfortunate is when, you know, the other movie like would cut that out because that's not getting you what you need right away, which is like, oh, I, I need to see a quick shot of the mother box activating. I need to se- see Steppenwolf coming down and then I need to see the Justice League beating up Steppenwolf and we're done. Like, I, it's one of those things where it's like, we don't need that storytelling. We just need to give the, the nerds what they want when they want it. And then, and then roll in the next auditorium full of people so that we can make the money. It's stuff like that that's unfortunate because this is a director just saying, hey, this is a really cool shot because it's interesting. And if you're here for a story, let me give you the detailed, imaginative world. Like, let me let me immerse you in the world yeah. of these Amazons fighting uh, parademons and stuff like that. Yes, it's about Justice League, but like as of right now, to sell... The energy in this room, the fear, the tension, the anger. It's like, well, let me show you how badass these Amazons can be. And it's like, I can just pick out one Amazon and focus on it. And you really shouldn't... If you're criticizing that, I get it. Just watch the other version or something. <clears throat> I, I think a it's parallel. Cool. Go for um, it. Parallel would... I, th- I think... And this is Maybe this will be the reaching moment that I, that I have for this minute. Um... This uh, the the scene with the arrow, the shot with the arrow of uh, you know following it on the on the Amazon and then tracking it back to the mother box, reminds me a lot of when Superman showed up in the desert at that airbase and all the guns get you know turned in position, go upwards, and everybody's like pointing their guns up to the air, and then it shows the over the shoulder shot of him looking down at everybody. It's almost like. Uh, this is obviously the threat that is supposed to be happening. There's purpose behind where you're pointing your weapons. It's not just gunfights for gunfights' sake. It's not just a battle for battle. You know, people aren't just like whipping out their guns and and arrows and just like all willy nilly starting to volley. It's like no, this is the actual threat. This is the introduction we are getting. Mankind was introduced to the Superman at that moment. Uh, Amazons are seeing Steppenwolf, you know, appear before them in this moment. It's very tense. I think it works very well. Um, I think it was just a really cool parallel to to that of when Superman first appeared. Yeah, In absolutely. full suit, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, and, uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. That is, a, I mean, it's because it's the same director, he does have that thing of, like, well, the big bad aliens are about to show up. we got to make it as super suspense as possible. And the best way to do that is having an, an army just be like, all right, everyone get ready. Mm-hmm. Everyone hold position. Like, and having those shots set up like that, it really works well. Another uh, thing that works well here, and it's different in the 2017 version, is how uh, or who comes out of the boom tube first. And in this version, it's the parademons. The parademons are the ones that, that enter in first before Steppenwolf. And that, to me, is a parallel to... Zack Snyder's love for Star Wars, which is the stormtroopers enter in first, then it's Darth Vader, right? 
like yes see um <clears throat> now is that like uh, does that downplay the villain at all or is it really just no. supposed to show here's their legion they have an army behind them more menacingly does that downplay darth vader I don't know. I was never no. really. <laughs> Why would that? I was downplay? never scared of Darth Vader. Oh well, you. No, see. Well, you should be first of all. One hundred percent. But, I, 100%, but I'm be. a child when I was watching these movies. Well, I wouldn't say you're scared of him, but you did realize that the black robot following the white robots is a much bigger villain, right? Yes. Okay. So when you're watching Star Wars and you see them bust through the door and you see a bunch of stormtroopers coming in, they start shooting their blasters. Yeah. And then you see the the six-foot-tall black villain walk through. Then you're like, oh, that's the bigger one. Okay. That's the same concept here, where it's like you see the parademons and you're like, oh, okay, the parademons are showing up. It's, you know, it's kind of spooky, but that's not the big one. That's not the one we're waiting for. And then the big one drops down and then you're like, that's the bad guy. That's the one we're waiting for. And so that that thing of like feeding that tension, you have some parademons are showing up, they're circling the room, they're they're uh, uh, examining, evaluating the situation as well, but they're also getting the room ready for when the big bad guy shows up. And to me, it works so much more because I I feel this moment more than when I watch the other version, and it's just boom tube. And then Steppenwolf dropped down. What if the Amazons had a plan? What if they had a defense and, and Steppenwolf was the first one to enter the room and then he just got baked in like two seconds? 100%. Like, having the Parademons come out first is also just a really good strategy. It's a yeah, that's really good army. strategy for uh, Darth Vader. If he walked through that room first, sure, he could have killed all those rebel soldiers, but they would have been ready for him first. It would have been a lot harder. And uh, they did it in Rogue One. It didn't work out for them. But also, they were trapped in a hallway. Uh, but you know, Dude, the, it, the lights were way too bright. I mean, they probably honestly. well, you know, a new hope in in retrospect and in, in now in hindsight and in, in the retconning of Rogue One, they probably were like, "Hey, last time he showed up in a hallway, we got smoked. So let's all get ready to, uh, you know, fire at him if he walks through this doorway." And then he was Draw like, "Send in the stormtroopers first. Yeah. And then it will walk in. Yeah, of course. Um, and I think like that's that idea of the spearhead. Yeah. You have your ground forces as the spearhead. You know what would have been what would have been great is if you got our old friend Bugs Bunny show up here, huh? With one of them big black holes that he just tosses <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> and Stephen would just, Stephen just right goes through. right through. And then he throws another one on the ceiling, so it's just perpetual falling. Like portal. Yeah, yeah. Bugs Bunny w- <laughs> Put Bugs Bunny in Portal. Where's that new reboot? There was a joke about how the anima- and Animaniacs would have defeated Thanos alone because they would have just nothing 100%. Thanos would have done. Like Thanos could have snapped his fingers and disintegrated all three of them, and then they would have showed up behind him like that was crazy. How'd you yeah, do that? Like, <laughs> the like, cartoons. That's yeah, so good. <laughs> the Animaniacs would have single handedly defeated Thanos. The Animaniacs would have single handedly destroyed Steppenwolf. Like. It's stuff like that. It's like, yeah, Bugs Bunny could show up as well and just, um, yeah, absolutely. Paint, paint the street on a cliff and be done with it, huh? <laughs> absolutely. Um, but yes, I, I really do like this version of how Steppenwolf enters. He looks amazing. He 
doesn't look amazing in the 2017 version. No, I don't we, know. Thank God we got our Spiky Boy. Honestly, oh, it's one God. of the best. One of the best things that came out of this whole thing was that Steppenwolf looks good. I yeah. just went back and rewatched the entrance from the 2017 one b- before we watched this minute before this recording. Dude, dude, Steppenwolf in 2017 looks horrendous. And I apologize for the men and women who worked very hard on that movie. But goddamn, I feel like you all went home and was like, well, today sucked. <laughs> Didn't like my job today. I did not like the work I did today. It's just so, when we talk about weight, 2017 Steppenwolf has zero. That dude is freaking floating in zero grav when he takes a step. There is no weight to that man. And like the sides, it just looks fuzzy. Like it looks like you... And I know this is stupid, but he looks animated. And I know he is, but the movie's supposed to make me think that he's not. That's yes. when you get good CGI. But then when you look at 2017, it's like that guy is animated. And he's animated because he's an alien villain. That's dumb. Yeah. That's so, and it, the weird blue colors on him. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's, it's weird because um, Warner Brothers wanted... Dawn of Justice or Batman v Superman to be dark and then uh, I'm drawing a blank here. Oh, Chris Terrio actually rewrote it to end on a more hopeful note instead of ending so dour. And it's weird that with the reaction to BVS that they were like, oh, we turn if I guess dark doesn't work anymore. Make everything super light and colorful now and hopeful and give us some hope and optimism, which is like Chris Terrio, that's what he did to your movie in the first place. You should be thanking him for saving your movie from being worse than it was going to be. But one of the changes was, oh, Steppenwolf's gotta change. He can't look like that. Why can't he look like that? Well, he's too scary. He's too scary. Is he scary? He's scary, Mark. Are you scared of him? I don't I'm think any shaken I- in my <laughs> blue weird line animated steppenwolf boots it's i don't uh i don't find him scary i just find him cool and i don't mm. think anyone finds he's menacing 100 percent. yeah this Zack snyder's steppenwolf is a very menacing alien and there's things that make him menacing that just put it over the edge in a good way it's the entire suit, it's the spikiness, of course. That's awesome. I'll tell you something. When I was watching it with my mom and she realized that his suit moved aside from him, yeah. she was blown away. She thought it was the coolest thing. She was like, yeah. oh, my God. He's like that? He moves? I was like, no, Mom, that's like his armor. She's like, that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's the armor. It's His face is covered up more than the 2017 one, which still gives it that more menacing uh nature it's again this giant big spiky helmet um kind of like same thing with the mindset of darth vader you don't see a face he's terrifying yeah um it and another thing that i think makes him a lot more scary is that he is not as humanoid uh stature as 2017 He's got the big legs. He's got the long, like, almost backwards knees kind of esque a- a- alien legs. Uh, you know, he's not in shoes and big boots and a-, and a kilt. He's in something that we have no idea what this concept is because it's from another planet. 
you yeah. know? Like, the guy yeah. is not wearing boots and armor that, like, you kind of tried to mimic of what the old gods were doing in the Age of Heroes bit. That's kind of like what I was getting from, from Steppenwolf. It's like, wow, well, they kind of look very similar. That's stupid. Like, give it that idea of, like, okay, he's an older warrior. He was there at the beginning. I guess all these older warriors have the same sort of outfit. No? That's not... They're not from Earth. This guy probably doesn't know what boots are, you know? Like, yeah, he knows what boots are. But let me tell you, this guy looks great. 2017 falls so flat, and I think today was the first time I've actually done a side-by-side comparison while watching both movies not yeah. just pictures because when it first came out it showed pictures side-by-side and it was like okay this is what you show people you give them here's what the villain looked like here's what the villain looked like now it's a different movie great if you watch them in action oh my god yeah when i think of aliens being scary i think of xenomorph i think of yes the alien from the uh, alien attack, uh, what is extra ter- extra oh. ter- terrestrial from Disney? You know what I'm talking about? No, Mars attack. Oh, too. oh, Mar- the, the 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 ride extraterrestrial from Disney. Extra okay. terrestrial. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That alien from that. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mars, Mars attacks. attacks you said scary. that was scary. Um, Destroyer from Godzilla. Stuff like that. Where it's like, oh, okay, I didn't th- think about that. That thing has multiple arms. I'm. That should not be a thing. I don't ever want to imagine a spider that's twice my size. That's a terrifying... Cloverfield. Cloverfield, a terrifying alien. Um, This is not scary or terrifying. Um, If he had a predator mouth, he would be scary, you know, but he's not that scary. Um, He, it's the overall shape and design of the character is an alien knight. He has a chainmail. But it's an alien chainmail armor, so it's very cool stuff, very cool-looking alien figure. And then you also have to think, like, even General Zod isn't scary. What made General Zod scary was his, you know, Michael Michael Shannon being a great actor and really selling the character of just how crazed he is, like how how psychotic he is and hell-bent on recreating Krypton that he's borderline psychotic like you're terrified of him uh jesse eisenberg is scary as an individual because like no okay that that kid is a psychopath like that kid put the fear in holly hunter man like that's not okay uh that's scary this is not scary this is just cool this is this is you making an interesting character out of a character who was never interesting steppenwolf has never looked like this but steppenwolf has never worked for anyone like you can be the biggest Superman fan and be like, yes, I know, I know all about Steppenwolf because of Fourth World and and everything with Darkseid. But you were never like, oh yeah, Steppenwolf's so cool. Look at the way he looks. Like the dude looks boring. Even when the New Fifty Two did Earth Two with Steppenwolf, I was going to say that's where like, I know Steppenwolf from, and he's just a human. He's just a human. He's scary. He's got a great beard, but like, like uh, the beard isn't doing anything for me. I don't. <laughs> I don't not going. I'm not buying a Steppenwolf New Fifty Two Earth Two figure. Yeah, I don't want that. This is an action figure. I'll buy this. And so what I think happened is again, and I hate. I, I don't want to blame anyone, but someone said, no, he doesn't look like. 
he doesn't look how I know him from the DC comic books, which is he has to look like a human. So we have to redesign him to look like the Steppenwolf from the comic books because does it make him more interesting? Well, he looks more like the comic books. Is that interesting? No, it's not. We're trying not to do that. It's a comic book adaptation. It's not a comic book mimic. Like we're just go buy the comic books. Jeff Johns, tell me to buy the comic books, man. I'll just do it. I really, I, I can, I can see where the decision was. Here's what we, if you have like, if you give someone the material that like you're working with and be like, this is what Steppenwolf looks like in comics, and like you show him Earth Two stuff and you show him Jack Kirby's Fourth World with his green armor and everything like that, and it's like, okay, yes, I am getting a very human person from this, but like that is that is a that's a constricting factor in itself. I I understand that the new gods do look very human-esque, but, like, I don't know. They're from another planet. If you make them look like aliens, I'm cool with it. I think it looks great, but I can see where whoever was sitting at the rooms looking at, like, both pictures of, you know, Jack Kirby, Steppenwolf, and then Earth 2, Steppenwolf, and being like, huh, okay, let's do that. Give him, give him some like old man face lines or something, and and we'll be good. Yeah, like I get, I understand that. Um, I do, I understand it because, but then they, it would have been easy to just been like, you can't make him a pure human, like you can't cast a human actor and then end up with another General Zod type villain. Yeah, because then some people might be like, well, is he Kryptonian as well? Like, what's going on? Does everyone look like human on every other planet? Mm-hmm. Is everything about are, is every solar system just cons- consistently like the same animal Humanoids. kingdom just because yeah. they have the right environment? Uh, it's very it's very confusing. At least here, it's like, this is an alien. He looks really cool. That's all you got to take from it. Like, live it and love it. It's very great. The other one is, it, it doesn't even, the other version, the 2017 version, this is another thing. At least Thanos looks like, um, Brolin, Josh Brolin. Josh, it looks like Josh Brolin because he did Stupid. the motion capture, and and same thing with Mark Ruffalo with Hulk. It's like at least they look like their CGI characters. Kieran Hines doesn't look anything like that 2017 one, so there's no investment. You don't look at it and go, "Oh, you know, he kind of looks like Kieran Hines." Like just they wanted to make him look more like his character because he was getting paid for it. If that was the case, I would have been like. Totally. Absolutely. I get it. I get that they want his face in there. But that it was, that was no one's face. That, that I don't know what that steppy was at all. This this just looks like it's like an actual character. Like there's so much more detail. And if they had said no, Zack Snyder's version of Justice League did have that 2017 version of Steppenwolf in it. I do remember seeing some of those black and white photos he used to post where it did show the scene where Aquaman stabs Steppenwolf at the very end of the movie uh, through the chest, and it was still the 2017 version. So we're very lucky that with the HBO Max release of Zack Snyder's Justice League that they did say, yes, you can go back and change it to the original design. And now that we see it, like in hindsight, it's like, why did you take it out in the first place? Because there's really nothing wrong with it. There's nothing that there's there's part of me that will say like, 
oh yeah, I get why you guys don't like four-hour movies. I understand that this movie is too long. I understand that this part doesn't work. I understand that this part doesn't work. This is not one of those parts. This part with, with like this design of Steppenwolf, there's no part of me that goes, yeah, I understand that being too scary. Like nothing about it. Um, but you know, it, it's a really cool thing. The other cool thing that I really like is this version of Steppenwolf actually has voice modulation like in his voice acting. I feel like with the 2017 version, it was just like Kieran Hines' voice lines and they just ADR'd them and then that was it. At least here, there's some real bass. There's some real reverb to his voice. It sounds like a monster is talking. It doesn't just sound like Kieran Hines. And so maybe that's something we should lean into more. It's like, well, if you're doing voice acting... And I'm talking about those people. You remember the other day I talked about people criticizing Bradley Cooper's voicing Rocket where they were like, why doesn't he sound like Bradley Cooper? It's like, because he's acting. That's what <laughs> acting is. You're not, it doesn't matter who, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who voiced him. You know, imagine saying that about Vin Diesel and all the characters he's voiced. And it's like, that can't, you can't criticize those people for becoming characters. And so this is the same thing where it's like, I'm glad it doesn't sound exactly like Kieran Hines and look like exactly like Kieran Hines. Like he's, he's in character mode, like be a character. Um, so really, really cool stuff. I love the voice modulation, especially when he's, when he's, um, when he says, I've come to enlighten you to the great darkness. Like you can hear darkness. it. It's got that vibrating tone to it where yeah. it, it honestly seems like when he is talking, the walls are shaking. Yes. And that's incredible that you can get that feeling from just a noise. And it's not, I'm not even there. I don't see, you don't see wall shaking. You don't see, you know, like anything. <laughs> well, you know well, what I mean? If I saw this in an IMAX theater, I bet the, the, the auditorium would be shaking at this part. Probably. And then I probably would have felt a, a little bit more immersed. But yeah. it does seem like he is like, you know, in Harry Potter, when they do the wand thing to make their voice louder, kind of kind of feels like that. And that's cool as shit. <laughs> I'm reading a book, a Star Wars book right now, the uh, Light of the uh, the Light of the Jedi, which is like a High Republic book. Yes, and there's this there's this one villain um, that's part of the Nile, and they describe Charles Soule's describing his voice as like having like this bellowing echo whenever he spoke. And I was like trying to imagine that in my head, and and the best thing I did was I was like thinking of Steppenwolf, like when he says, you know, I've come to enlighten you to the great darkness, and then like having that that um that vibrato that yeah that bass and i was like okay now i can picture it in my head like Mm -hmm. exactly what that audio might sound like especially uh because they the characters are being explained that like this guy's voice is kind of shaking Mm -hmm. whenever he speaks because he's such a big character so i i love it i i love i love my villains being a big giant badass monsters especially like darth vader and stuff like that it's like just make them cool and big and scary like because they're villains so you gotta you gotta dig into it um but yeah this is where steppenwolf enters in and um i know we've been talking to him as if he's a villain but i think his his speech that he gives here his monologue his opening shakespearean villain monologue as he enters the room I think is immediately supposed to like start spinning you into, yes, you might see me as the villain, but I don't see myself that way, which Mm -hmm. is what all villains try to do. So he says, 
He says, defenders, they have failed 100,000 worlds. They always fail. Um, and then he says, I've come to enlighten you to the great darkness. And what I really like about this is he says defenders as if he's uh, pitying them. He finds it pathetic that they're defenders here. They always fail. There's no saving them. Um, this furthers his claim that Darkseid is. Darkseid is the... Is the Pledge, field, pledge fealty to Darkseid because no one can defeat him. Uh, you know, I've tried. I failed. A hundred thousand worlds have failed to Darkseid. If you're struggling with your life, pledge fealty to Darkseid because that is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, he is the key to your salvation. And so it's very, I, I really like it. And I think it's, it's like a, what pirates told people when they would get on a ship. Exactly. So like, you're, you're free, but you can work for us and have riches beyond imagine. Exactly. And I like that he says, I've come to enlighten you to the great darkness. I've come to enlighten you to the great darkness. That light, dark kind of thing. It really plays with it where it's like dark side is, is the way to go. Dark side. Um, I, I think my running theory and, and like trying to like philosophize the mythology of this whole DC Cinematic Universe is that Darkseid's quest for like the anti-life equation is to court and cheat death on its own merits because he's a kind of person that would want to live forever and to own the anti-life equation would be the way to live forever and dominate death itself so that he doesn't die. And so if I enlighten you to the great darkness, that's because I've been shown the light by Darkseid who spared me and has conquered a hundred thousand worlds. And if you would like the same, this is your salvation. Like you must follow me. There is no other way. And uh, that's where the the great saga between the light versus the darkness. That's um, uh, I love that. I love that kind of storytelling. Um, I really, I really do enjoy it. Got a uh, whole video game that we're playing about. There's <laughs> a whole video game I play about it. I think it's an interesting concept, and I think the balance between the two. Uh, is the key. Henceforth, justice is gray. Wink, wink. Um, but yes, I think I think this is a great moment. I absolutely love this. I think the speech might be different in the 2017 version, but I don't really care. So it doesn't hit like this one hits. This one is great. And uh, yeah, like, like you said, Nate, when we were sitting on the couch watching this for the first time, seeing this Steppenwolf, I was like, sold. This is the guy I've been missing. This is the guy I went to the movie theaters to see because I love this. I love these type of villains. So, so good. Um, but that's all I have for this one, Nate. Do you have any closing notes before I wrap up? No. Um, maybe we'll talk a little bit more on next episodes, but I was finding like old action figures of Steppenwolf that they have and um, the whole like uh, New Gods and where he's dressed in green kind of uh is very apparent there um i like that we didn't get a direct you know copy and paste this is what he looks like from the new gods kind of thing because then when you look at like dark side yeah you can put like different clothes on him and stuff like that but essentially at the end of the day he's probably going to look like dark side there's really only yeah, one way the, to that make one Darkseid shape look. of dark side yeah yeah uh grainy goodness same way Desad, i think you can go either ways but he's always been very uh alien-esque i think um, yeah, it's uh, you can't really redesign this side. He always looks like the same uh, 
there's even an Avengers. There was one of those Children of Thanos characters that looks kind of like Desaad as well. And it's like, that's how I pictured Desaad would look. Uh, which one? I think there was two of them because there was Ebony Maw and then... Not Ebony uh, Maw. It's the other one. It's the The one shadow. that gave... Uh, he gave Loki the scepter? Yeah, the one, yeah, the one that looks like the Shadow Hunter type one. Which oh okay I know which I know yeah that guy with yeah. the with the with the, the staff. hood yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways that's a different movie uh, but also the same uh, origin a little bit but uh, yeah we're gonna go ahead and wrap up for today if you guys enjoyed everything you heard you can find us on all social media at DC EU Minutes and the Facebook group the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society you can join us to talk about today's minute or any minutes you guys are catching up on and we'll catch you guys tomorrow for minute number twenty nine of Zack Snyder's Justice League.